0: Hey everyone, Mr. Toast here. Just want to let you know you can watch the podcast and interact with other viewers live on Twitch.tv convictedtoast Convicted Toast. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mixed Media Podcast. This is episode 8. I am Mr. Rager and this is Mr. Toast. This week we are going to be covering horror anthologies. And uh, let me ask the chat a question here. Uh, if there is a water bottle in the fridge, can you take it out? Do you replenish? Are you a replenisher or are you a scumbag? <laughs> Answers in the chat
0: yeah let's uh, let's hear from you for our YouTube listeners and uh, like just put it in the comments um we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> yeah do you guys replenish that's that's what I want to know. do you guys replenish I am a scumbag, but I do replenish <laughs> fair enough as long as you replenish
0: yeah uh so anyway anthology movies was our. that's the topic we've chosen for our first halloween special this month
1: so for those of you who don't know horror anthologies are um in the context that we're talking about are films that contain uh several short stories instead of one cohesive narrative whereas these films have a story a lot of the time they have like a host Or they have some kind of overarching story that kind of brings them all together. But each one is pretty much separate in its own story. It's its own entity and can be viewed as such. Um, For this week... Hi, Soiner. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, So, for this week, we covered five films. We are going to do... This is why the podcast was delayed. This podcast was supposed to be on Sunday. Um, But we delayed, and we delayed, and we delayed... Because we originally were like, yeah, let's do three. And then we were like, okay, let's do four. And then we were like, might as well round it out at five. Yeah. So we're going to be covering five different anthology horror films. We're going to be covering them in the order that we watched them. Let's see if I get it right on the first try. We watched Creepshow and Body Bags. No. Tales from the Hood.
0: Not Body Bags.
1: What was second?
0: Uh, Second was... No, God, second was body bags. No, yeah, that was our third one. Uh, second one was trick or treat.
1: Are you sure we didn't watch it? It doesn't matter. Then we watched trick or treat. Uh, tales then from body the hood. bags.
0: Then tales from the hood.
1: Yes, tales from the hood, and then VHS ninety four. So, um, the first one that we're going to be talking about is Creepshow, show, which has five different stories. Uh, this one does have an overarching story, one that is. Out of the overarching stories, for me personally, I think Creep Shows is the most satisfying, but it's not really a really has nothing to do with the stories themselves. It's just a cool little like epilogue thing yeah. at the end with the comic book. So a uh, little bit of brief history about Creep Show before we start talking about our feelings on it. Um, this was the baby of George Romero and Stephen King. Um they decided uh they're just hanging out um chilling as two horror gods do <laughs> and they were talking about how um, they had these comic books in the 50s when they were growing up that were horror comics and they missed those days They they remember like every comic had a different story or sometimes they had a couple different stories and they just kind of decided to do a movie together where stephen king would write it and george romero would direct it um and several of the stories are actually based on Stephen King's short stories that he has written over the years. And this film is so much fun. It it, it, it it's very cheesy, it's not overly scary. There's a couple things in it that creep me out a little bit,
0: but Yeah, there's definitely some like yeah. horror aspects that come through and it's like, okay, that's that's kind of creepy and like in the grand scheme, but like in the moment when you're watching it, you're like, Okay, it's it's like kinda kinda campy but still fun, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah.
1: So we open on a, a little prologue, which will tie in. And we'll get more into this story in the epilogue, the wraparound. Uh, we got this boy, played by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. He's getting disciplined by his dad for reading Creepshow. And uh, he throws it in the trash can, and we see the creep, and he beckons us closer to him, and we start the stories um the first story in Creepshow show is father's day which is my least favorite
0: yeah i do think five. it's i think it's definitely one of the weaker ones um that we get to see
1: yeah it, i mean it has its moments it's not very long it doesn't like really overstay its welcome it's just like a it's basically um this family has this dead great uncle and he comes back to get revenge on his daughter and he kills everybody. And he's got like this cake with the girl's head on. He's like, I've got my cake. He wants his cake because he was killed on father's day. It's, I don't know. This one isn't really one that I, I want to go into too much detail on. It's just, it's very odd.
0: I think the, the best thing that we can talk about is that we get to see, um, what's his name? It's uh, we were the entire time we him, we're watching, like, this is not like a horror, like, he's not a Ed horror Harris. actor, yeah. Ed Harris,
1: Ed Harris, <laughs> Ed Harris doing the boogie, yeah. yeah Ed we're Harris sitting doing there
0: watching boogie. it, and we're just like, this is not like his kind of movie. Um, but like, and <laughs> what's even funnier to me is like, we're sitting there watching it, and he does end up dying in the story of it, and uh, he makes this god awful like gasp, and I'm just like, he can tell he is not a horror actor at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love I
1: love the scenes with with Ed Harris where he's like dancing on the dance you know doing his little boogie. It's yep. so stupid. Um, and then we get into one of my favorites uh, immediately after the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Um, yeah, this story is just so fun. It's it's really funny. Um, it has a. Uh, has a great performance by Stephen King of all people. Uh, I don't really ever think of him as an actor, but I mean, he, he really does some good stuff here. It's, it's also a very tr- a tragic story. Really. Yeah.
0: It's, it's oddly like, it, like in the overall, it's very tragic, but at the same time, the way that like Stephen King um, performs the role for this character is very, like, it's very goofy, very funny
1: yeah uh sam in the chat says this is one of my favorite stories from any anthology yeah it's, it's very good it's very good basically jody verrill is this backwoods dude played by stephen king he sees this meteor crash um he goes up to it and he's like man if i sell this meteor i could pay off the two hundred dollar bank loan i have and it's he has these like fantasy sequences, like picturing himself like trying to sell this shit to
0: yeah. people. He literally like envisions this in his head, and in the door, like the door, literally says Department of Meteors as it swings open.
1: Yeah, it's like Department department. The guys are there, and he's just like, "I'll give you seventy-five dollars for this." And Stephen King's like, He's like, not, no, not a no, dollar $75. less." And then he, he uh Stephen King pours uh water on it, and it breaks in half, and he's like, Oh, Jordy Barrel, you look head. <laughs> and then he like has that same flashback and he's like, I wouldn't even give you five bucks for this fucking meteor. <laughs> like, it's just not. Um and then he he ends up touching the meteor and he's like, Oh man, meteor shit. and he's it's fucking grown on his hand and it turns out to be this thing and it's just growing all out from where the meteor crashed into the earth and it he he just keeps like turning more green and he like has this vision of like should i go to the doctor and he's thinking about it and then the doctor's sitting there at his chair and he's just like we'll have to cut all your fingers off (laughs) he's like okay i'm not going to the doctor and it's it's really funny. It's really goofy. And then you have the ending.
2: Yeah.
0: Because the if we get a couple of time skips throughout the night, because this all takes place like just during one night, and um, you know, it keeps progressing. Um, we see we see. Wait, like,
1: real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, just I just want to throw this out quick spoiler because this is a really good story yeah if you're listening audially you know just skip ahead 30 seconds do whatever because we're going to spoil the ending of this story and it's very good
0: yeah well, i'll uh on the youtube video I'll, I'll make a time stamp um for you guys but uh so throughout the night we we're watching as this uh like we see it started out on his fingers because from where he touched the meteor and it starts spreading from there right. It jumps a little bit, and you see, like, it starts coming out of his, uh, off his face, off of his chest. Uh, his entire arms are pretty much covered at this point, and, um, we time jump further in until it's, it's now morning. And we just see this lump start moving around, and it, we're like, oh, it's him. He's completely covered head to toe in whatever this, uh, this growth is. and uh, then he starts like talking to himself. He's like, um, he's talking to God or something, right? That's what's going on.
1: Yeah. He says, Please, God, let me do this one thing, right?
0: Yeah. Um, as he reaches for the double barrel shotgun in the in the room, reaches over, puts it up to his head, and ends it. The first time
1: I saw creep show, that abs I just did not see that coming at all and it's just like the whole thing's so goofy and lighthearted. and he's like every time he messes up he's like oh jody barrel you lunkhead and it cuts to morning and he's just sitting here just suffering in this shit and he's got the shotgun he's like please god let me do this one thing right in it man that hits so hard you're like immediately torn right out of the comedy and you're like wow that's a new kind of horror it really is like to be suffering in that state and to have that happen to you i mean it's just oh it's awful
0: it's it's terrible yeah it's such a tragic ending for such a like uh, uh it starts out for starting out so lighthearted to end on such a such a somber note
1: yeah yeah it's it's a hard one It's one of my favorites. Um, I fight with that one and one we'll talk about here in a little bit for my favorite out of Creepshow. So the next one we have is another very interesting one as it has a lot of um, comedic actors. Well, it's mainly two guys. It it pretty much is just two guys. Um, You have Leslie Nielsen from Airplane Naked Gun and you have Ted Danson from Fucking Cheers and they're in this story called Something to Tide You Over where this millionaire that Leslie Nielsen plays he um finds out that this guy named Harry played by Ted Danson is fucking his wife they're having an affair and he takes him down to this beach and he buries him in the sand and he puts this like uh CCTV like in front of him so he can watch as his, the girl that he had an affair with his wife is drowning and he's going to suffer that same fate. It's really hard to explain this one out loud. Like, I'm saying this and I'm like, Yeah, it's, it, it's the
0: way that you're like kind of uh, given the synopsis of it is like, this doesn't sound like a horror movie. Like, yeah, they're like, what's happening is very horrific. Um, but it's only after everything on the beach that we really get to see the story open up. Uh, cause, yeah. Up until this point, like you know, he's buried, tides rolling in, and like we know, like there's no way that anybody can really hold their breath that long when the waves are coming in, um, and they both ultimately end up, you know, both dying on the beach, um, and we jump to later in the evening, where um, you know, the uh, the guy that went off and buried him, he's now like he's relaxing, getting a shower. And he hears, like, this speaking going on. He's like, what is that? What's going on? Um, and we just keep seeing, like, these... We keep seeing these figures moving around with, like, some... Uh, with, like, fog and smoke kind of billowing in with them. Um, and he... He's finally like, okay, something's going on. He goes, grabs the gun, and, like... Um, there's, like, a knock at the door whatever. And he's like, who is that? What, what do you want? Opens the door, and we see... Both of the people are now, like, they're, they're undead. Their skin is, like, entirely blue. And it is, like, you see, like, this horror on his face as he, like, starts trying to shoot at him, and nothing happens. They get hit and just keep coming after to them. And they say, uh, it's not a problem as long as you can hold your breath.
1: Yep. I love when he's on the beach at the end and Leslie Nielsen's like, I can hold my breath for a really
0: long time and the waves just like coming in <laughs> yeah. and then we get this really cool transition because it's happening throughout the entire movie but at the end of each um each story it pans out and it's a comic book and we get to see yep. that exact quote in the text bubble and he's like this look of concern on his face
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my that's my favorite part about Creepshow. I love the style. I like there have been movies that have tried to replicate the comic book look, but Creepshow does it so well. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. The, the the whole aesthetic that they pull off there, it's great. Yeah. Having those transitions. Okay. We are now on probably my favorite story, The Crate. The Crate.
0: Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I'll let you you open with this one.
1: Okay. So, uh, there's this janitor at a university, drops a quarter, and he finds this crate. It's labeled Arctic Expedition, what, not 1834? Something like that?
0: Yeah, Arctic Expedition June 18th, uh,
1: 1834. Okay. June 19th,
0: sorry. June 19th. Oh, wow. You got it. Uh, He, um...
1: He's like, huh, that's weird. So he calls his other professor, and it turns out there is this wolf-like man, yeti thing in there. Yeah, and it, it
0: like... we don't really know what it is. We just know it's some form of yes. beast.
1: Yes, and he discovers it. It kills the janitor. The other professor that's there with him just, like, takes off. He's like, oh, my God. Meanwhile, we have this sub story going on with this guy um, who's... <laughs> just poor henry he yeah. he he's this guy he's a great professor and then his wife is one of the worst characters in any film ever and i'm not exaggerating not because she's poorly acted she is a bitch
0: no if anything it's I'm... perfect acting
1: <laughs> yeah she is a, an absolute bitch throughout the entire yeah. story she's just like like he'll be trying to have like having a conversation with people and she'll like come up to him and be like oh henry you need me to take care of you and she's just like he's like this is my wife wilma and she's like oh call me billy everybody does and you're like oh my god yeah poor man yeah poor
0: uh i do want to point out (laughs) <laughs> i started a joke uh with mike while we we're in the middle of the this uh story and he had no idea where i was going with the punchline but he absolutely <laughs> he died um so i'll tell it again really quick but basically we're sitting there watching it and um the um uh the other professor the one that's going back uh he ends up like going back and like cleaning up the uh the bodies and everything from the beast that got out of the crate and uh ate like two or three people. But um he's on the way back and I just jumped in for a second. And I said, "Um, that's not a monster that came out of a crate marked June 19th, 1834 Uh that came from an Arctic ex- expedition. That's my wife.
2: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Yeah. He didn't.
1: <laughs> so, one of the professors grabs the other one um and he he well he first tries to get this kid in the college to help him and the kid's just like you murdered that dude and he's like no why would I murder the janitor and he's like yeah, you murdered him and then the fucking beast comes out and fucking takes him he's trying to get like he's trying to measure the bite marks on this boot yep. and he just gets fucking drug away um oh it's it's so good he, <laughs> And so he decides to go get his friend, Henry. Um, but Henry has some plans with this creature. Yep.
0: If you want to. Yeah. So, um, Henry goes on his way back, uh, or actually, sorry, before that he writes a note for his wife and leaves it somewhere that she's going to see it, uh, heads over to the university and he starts like cleaning up the, uh, the crime scene. Well, I guess so. Yeah, we'll call it a crime scene. So it's cleaning up, um, mopping up the floors, all the blood and everything, um, picking up all the debris from, um, like the shoes and everything like that. And she calls and she's like, you're over at the, over at the university or whatever. And he's like, yeah, uh, the, my buddy, he's got this thing where like sometimes stuff happens with some of the college girls or whatever. And, um, doesn't really give her any context beyond that. And, Goes on, so she's like, okay, I'll head over, whatever. Um, First off, really odd note about her leaving is she pours a glass of milk and then puts alcohol in the milk and then drives (laughs) to the university, gets out and has the glass still. And this isn't like your normal glass. Like, this is literally like a glass that I go in my kitchen, I open it up and grab a glass for like water. She drove all the way there with this glass from the kitchen. Anyway, (laughs) sorry, side tangent over. Uh, She. (laughs) She gets there uh and she's like what happened like what like because she he's still cleaning up some of the mess. She's like, What did uh what did he do to her? And then he um he leads her over to the crate <laughs> and uh she's like looking at it and he like he like comes up behind her, pushes her into the crate, and then starts saying like going like uh just tell it to call you Billy, tell it to call you Billy. <laughs> uh yeah. and like nothing happens. She's like, What is wrong with you? and then after uh like this moment where she starts degrading him again and being like oh henry yada yada or whatever the crate bursts open the beast comes out and just drags her in and starts like eating her.
2: just tell her to call
1: you billy you bitch <laughs> yep <Yeah. laughs> oh man that is oh it's so good and he's, like, explaining it to him later, what he did, that he, like, sealed it and threw the crate in the river after it ate Billy. And um, he's like, so, uh, what do we do now? And he's like, well, uh, there's no harm done. And they just sit down and they start playing chess together. And I'm like, that is a fucking, that is a ch- the Chad ending right there. They unlocked the Chad ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love the line where he's like feeding her to fluffy and he's just like tell her to call you billy you bitch. Yep. <laughs> Good.
0: Um yeah, it also ends off really well uh because he's just like well, no, he's like I'm going to beat you at chess every day. <laughs> yep.
1: All right. So then we move on to the 5th story and creep show right before the epilogue if you would like to explain yeah. this one you can it is they're creeping up on you
2: yep
0: this one um it's it's a little bit lower for me in this film but overall not a bad story by any means um so it opens up and we're in um this big like studio apartment with this uh big big wig ceo as he's spraying down a uh a, a cockroach on the floor and going to you know cleaning up a little bit, he ends up getting a phone call because um, this is a night where they're having a big uh, like acquisition uh, to a new uh, new company, and he um, he's on the phone. And the guy's like, "Hey, well, something happened," and uh, he's like, uh, "What? You're gonna tell me something?" Uh, I can't remember exactly what their whole conversation is. They're trying to get to the like he's like well this is a good thing this is all great this is great news and then the he uh, he
1: tells he tells him that um norman Katzenmeyer, because they're doing a a a hostile takeover of a company uh that norman Katzenmeyer, the guy of the other company killed himself and prats is like excellent
0: this is great (laughs) news like just being the absolute worst ever
1: Sam says I hate this one, but not because it's a bad story. He just makes my skin crawl and give me nightmares. That's what good horror does. Yeah. That that's, is what good horror does. That's true. And when you think about all of the bugs in this being practical.
0: Oh, yeah. Even bad. yeah, even more so. Um, But like during the phone call, he's literally sitting here trying to kill another cockroach. And he's like, I pay so much money for this, for this apartment and I can't even keep bugs out. It's filthy. It's disgusting um the dude's like a huge germaphobe and there's even this moment because the entire apartment is like pristine white like there is not like a different shade chrome. of color it's cr- like chrome. chrome yeah like if we were scared we'd be sitting there going
1: future yeah yeah that's true
0: <laughs> but um there's this moment where, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this has to be like in the future, right? It pans outside and it's literally just in like, it's like in New York City. And I'm just like, oh my God, this guy is crazy. <laughs> um, it's it, it, honestly, that's one of my favorite things about this story is just how much that they show, like, how much of a, a clean, clean freak the uh, this guy is.
1: Oh, he's an asshole. He's your regular old Scrooge. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't his story is like man you want to see his downfall he's yeah. like and then he gets a call from the widow of yep. norman kastenmeier and he's just fucking laughing at her and like these bugs are everywhere and he's like i want i i, I want a uh a, a fucking exterminator out here tonight within the hour and all this shit and the this is like the door guy is just kind of like Yeah, I'll see what I can do, and then he says like a racially charged comment to him, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. And and he calls the fucking he calls nine one one because of the cockroaches at one point. (laughs) Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's like, I'm Upson Pratt. I will have your job, and he's hang up on him.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's great, though, because like the entire time, like it's making you hate him more and more every second of this story. And then we get to the point where like the roaches just start coming out of everywhere. Like like they're coming out of the vents. They're inside of his jukebox. They're absolutely on everything. And he's just down downwards spiraling at all these roaches in his in his apartment.
1: Yeah, like I got, I gotta mention it again, just because of how fucking cool it is. It's all practical.
0: Yeah, and it's all practical. It's not like oh, there might be a few hundred. There had to be thousands, yep. thousands of cockroaches.
1: So There's a lot of safety procedures they had to do on set for that. Yeah. Um. So he like goes into this safe room. He thinks that he's safe. Cockroaches swarm at him. There's a bunch in his safe room. He has a heart attack and he dies. And all the lights in the building go out because of this blackout. And then we just see his body, no bugs. And there's no, like, there's a guy at the door knocking and he's like, what's wrong, Pratt? Bugs got your tongue? And we, we, we pan back over to his body and his body starts twitching. And then thousands of cockroaches just like go through his skin, like out his mouth, out his eyes. And you're just like,
2: Yeah,
0: it's it's awful. And then the final scene of the story, it starts panning away from the safe, and there is like probably three feet worth of bugs, like just stacked in this uh in this safe room.
1: Yeah. Oh man, it's gnarly. It is absolutely gnarly. It's a crazy effect. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the epilogue. These two garbage guys are out there. Um, They find the um, garbage man. I didn't get to tell you this. Uh, Legendary horror makeup artist Tom Savini is one of the garbage men. Oh, okay. I will tell you that when we watched it. Um, But anyway, Tom Savini and uh, another guy are out there. They're getting, you know, the garbage. He's like, oh, man, I love these. And they're like looking through the ads. They're like, oh, we get these x-ray goggles. Look at some ladies. And then they see this advertisement for a voodoo doll and somebody sent away for it and they're like oh somebody sent for this one and uh, we, um, it pans back into the house to the kid that we saw at the very beginning and he's got this voodoo doll and uh, we see Tom Atkins legendary Tom Atkins who plays um Joe King's dad he's in the kitchen and he's like oh man my neck is sore and he's just fucking stabbing this voodoo doll and we see the creep holding the comic book, and he's laughing, and the candle goes out, and that's the yep.
0: end. It's a really good wrap up. Um, it's really satisfying.
1: I love the payoff. Yeah, uh,
0: I especially love like that. The kids just like yeah, um, don't take my comic books away, or whatever. as he's just continuously stabbing
2: this voodoo doll with a needle. Um. Yeah, so that wraps cool. up Creep Show. Um, so the second movie
0: that we watched for the anthology series here. Uh, oh wait, wait, was, wait, wait wait wait, yes. we gotta, wait, wait,
1: wait! Before we go on, We yeah. got
0: to talk about our favorite. What's your oh, favorite? Okay. Um,
1: uh, we'll rank them. Just rank them real quick.
0: Just rank them really quick. Um, okay. I can do
1: mine if you're not ready.
0: Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay,
1: I'm not gonna count the epilogue. Okay. Uh, five Father's Day least favorite. Um, four something to tide you over. Three they're creeping up on you. Two. The lo- uh, Lonely Death of Jodie Beryl. Number one, The Crate.
0: Okay, so mine is pretty much the same. I would just switch
2: um, They're Creeping Up on You and The Tide. i just switch those around. Oh, man. Yeah, those are... Um, okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, as before,
0: so the second episode, the second film that we watched was uh, Trick or Treat. Uh, this one's very different from in, like for anthology movies because it's kind of pulling through like a continuous story, uh, wh- and like jumping to all the different characters rather than you know here's a short story and here's a short story end.
1: Yeah, this one's gonna be hard to talk about. Um, in in the same format, um, yeah. I think we can kind of do it. Uh, in a way, I-, I didn't like this one as much as I liked the other ones. Yeah, like it was I still liked
0: it. It was good, but I don't like I don't know. I think the way that it's done is really cool for an anthology, but it makes it really hard for rewatches, I think. Yeah.
1: Uh Sam said I'd take gore jump scares any day but not bugs.
0: Yeah. I that's fair. <laughs>
1: um so I guess we could get into this. Let's just bite into it. Yeah. Um I'll just go to the stories here. This might help me so um the first one's it's okay it's really it's really drawn out not a lot happens it's the the one boy um he this this chubbier kid he's like vandalizing these jack-o'-lanterns
0: yeah he's going around and they're like on people's like fences and stuff he's just slapping them off the off the fence and letting them explode on the ground
1: and he goes to his uh, principal's house, and he's going to steal all of his candy. And the principal's like, here, have this candy bar if you want candy so bad. And he laced it with cyanide. He's like, you should always check your candy. The kid just starts, like, vomiting. It's that classic. I, I like this one just because there's that old urban myth that, like, you always need to check your candy. Um, I don't know if you knew this, and this is going to be cool for our listeners if they um didn't know this either. There do you know how many reported cases of candy tampering there have been? Zero. Zero. There is one technically okay. It's really fucked. And it's not a dude handing out Halloween candy to random people. It's a dude put cyanide in pixie sticks and gave it to his kids. Oh my god. On Halloween. Yeah. That's 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 the only reported case ever. But this urban myth has been around for decades. Halloween too. Um, there, when My- Michael Myers is going to the hospital, there's a scene where this kid's being taken into the hospital and he has a razor blade sticking out of his tongue. Like he got it from a piece of Halloween candy. Yeah. Does not happen. Has yep. never happened. There is no proof of that, but this is just something that we kind of, this tale. Yeah. It's something that time,
0: really, I don't know. It gets drilled into you. Um, like as a kid, And literally, like you've never heard anything like that ever. Yep. Um, So, but also, the principal was giving out full size candy bars. How much? How much money he got? He doesn't have kids. That's. But he had the one kid. He's
1: he's making good money.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he did. He doesn't have a wife.
0: Yeah, that's true. I should have said that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So, um, he's trying to bury him in the backyard and his kids like, Oh, I want to carve a jack-o'-lantern. And this is where the story kind of twists. I liked the him fumbling around and then he goes into the basement with his kid and he wants to carve these jack-o'-lanterns and it looks like he's going to kill his kid. Like he's got this knife, he's yeah. shaking. And it reveals that, um, what he plunges the knife into isn't his son and it's not a pumpkin. It is the chubby uh, kid, uh, Charlie. It's his head. And, yeah. and they are carving a jack-o'-lantern out of his head. So it's father and son that yeah. are the murderers.
0: And he keeps saying, uh, help me with the eyes. Yeah. yeah. So
1: then we get to the Halloween school bus massacre. Uh, you could talk all you want about this one, Keegan. I hated this story.
0: Yeah, this one wasn't very good. Um, I think it's it's definitely the weakest of... The of the film, I think. Um, so basically, there's these, um, these like young teenagers that uh they're going about and they basically they're trying to trick this one girl into going with them um down to this um it's like a ravine, I don't the local ravine, <laughs> I don't know anyway. Um, so they're on their way there, and the entire time they're talking about this uh this old urban legend, um, about this a school bus driver that basically got paid off to kill this group of like eight kids or whatever. Um, But instead of like him doing the job successfully, the uh, one of the kids gets behind the wheel of the bus and drives it off the cliff into the, into the water. And um, they like all drown uh, essentially. And then they finally get there and they're like, we're going to take these eight jack-o'-lanterns down here to like pair respects or whatever. And um, three of them go down and you hear like screaming and stuff. And then the other two go down um, right after him. And they're like, uh, one of them's like, I'm too scared to go. I can't, whatever. The other one's like, just stay here. Keep the candles lit because the jack-o'-lantern will protect you, whatever. And she's walking through and she ends up finding the school bus. And uh, then you know, these three figures come out of nowhere and they start chasing her on the way back. She sees the fourth kid that was staying in the elevator and he's, and he looks like he's been like beaten and like killed. And then she finally gets to like the edge of this, um, um, this small little ledge pretty much. And, um, trips, falls over, hits her head, gets knocked out. And she wakes up to seeing one of the, um, one of the kids takes their mask off and goes, Oh no, essentially because they like this was supposed to be like a prank whatever and now this uh this girl is injured
1: she's so, like sobbing her eyes out whining
0: yeah so it's like a, it's kind of plays into like that classic way that some of the time that they do these where it's like oh yeah like the prank gone wrong type story and it doesn't really work here um okay so basically right after this they're like uh they're they're like, okay, prank's over, whatever. And then they hear these sounds and the uh eight children from the school bus incident have risen and are now coming after them. And um the girl that got the prank played on her gets in the elevator and leaves, the other four down there to be uh killed. Yeah yeah that one i don't really care for that one yeah it was i don't know um it just didn't really play out the way that like i don't know it's a decent setup but the way it's executed just doesn't
2: work if you ask me
1: too drawn out um also i should mention there's this little weird creature that's going around named sam yeah uh, if you know anything about Trick or Treat, even if you've never seen it, I'm sure you've seen it because they literally created a horror icon with one movie out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, he's there and she kind of sees him at the end. Um, he's in the first story, too, like kind of watching. Um, the next one, I'm just going to briefly go over this one because this one's really it happens really fast. It's Lori's, uh this girl played by Anna Paquin, and I love Anna Paquin. Um, she was in True Blood. Basically, these, um, girls are trying to get dates. And there's this dude running around, dressed as a vampire, biting people and, like, drinking their blood. Even though he's not a real vampire, as we find out he's just a lunatic. Yep. Um, he's also, uh, who is he?
0: He's the, uh, principal from the first story.
1: Yes, he is the principal. That's right. Um, so... She she's basically Little Red. She's dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood. They're all dressed up as like princesses. Yeah. Um. They take him. They take him to the woods, and there's all these other girls with their dates, and they all turn into werewolves and eat them while Sam is just sitting there chilling and watching.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. It happens so quickly because so we start out the movie and we like we're introduced to the characters. Nothing. Excuse me. That's a weird burp nothing really happens um, for a while with their story. And uh, like, it keeps like coming back to them. Here's a little piece of dialogue, cutting away, going back, here's a little piece of dialogue. And then like, it just ends. Like it, you would get the whole setup and, and closing all in like less than five minutes. And it's really odd that like, uh, it feels like the story just wasn't edited the way that they wanted it to, to fit in better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know. I feel like I feel kind of bad shitting on it a lot, but like the more I think about it, it's just I don't know. I gave it the lo- I have a Letterboxd account. And I gave it the lowest score out of all the ones that we watched.
0: Yeah. it wasn't a bad movie. Like no, I gave it like a seven. I think it. I think it's editing and pacing really throw it off a lot. Um, but like overall, like I would not be like, oh, don't watch it. Like yeah, I could easily recommend the movie if you're like if you're a fan of horror movies yeah go ahead and watch it it's like anthologies yeah if you like anthologies as well it's it's not bad um but i think
2: not having it set up like a normal anthology series doesn't help it yeah um so after this we get into sam
1: which is my favorite story um it's basically this guy that we see earlier, he kind of witnesses him digging the hole. He's his asshole neighbor, played by Brian Cox. He's in this building, and he he doesn't really, like, want to give out candy. He's, like, taking yeah, he, just wanted to,
0: he just wanted to, like, relax, but, like, he literally sits down in his chair, kicks up his feet, and then any everything on TV is all about Halloween. It's all about, like, the local parade going on. All of it. Yeah. And he's just candy. like, yeah, I'm done with this. I don't want to watch this. And he um He
1: he like fucking has his dog like run after these kids and they drop their candy and whatever and he takes their candy and he's eating their candy. And then Sam shows up. Uh, cause he's not in the Halloween spirit, I guess. I don't know. That part is a little mixed. It's this a is still my favorite weird. story. It's but, like yeah. he shows
0: up because uh it's like, I don't believe in Santa Claus and then Like if Santa Claus just showed up, (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: this one is like a Scrooge for Halloween, if you think about
2: it.
0: Yeah, I do like the way that they um, that Sam gets like pulled into the story here because like so he he's going up the stairs and he's like searching around because he heard this noise, and he walks into one of the rooms and he's like he has a flashlight and he's like beaming it around the the room and like on the wall and then it goes up the up onto the ceiling. It just says. Uh, trick or treat. Give me something good to eat. Repeat it over and over again in what looks like blood. And uh, he's standing there, and he stops for a second, and then we just see uh, this razor blade inside of a chocolate bar come out from under the bed and cut through his like calf. Yep.
1: Or no, it's the it's the lollipop that he bites, isn't it?
0: No, yeah, that's at the end. Bites the... Oh, okay. But starting out, he has like a it's oh, literally a yeah, razor blade yeah. like in like a chocolate bar.
1: So they fight and then uh Sam's coming back to life like he shoots him with a shotgun. Uh they have this big fight um and uh he um like has this moment with him where he realizes that he just wants the candy. Yeah. And um he he starts handing out Halloween or Halloween candy. I don't know why I said handing out Halloween. He starts handing out candy. Um the kids are you know they're leaving like they're like oh thanks mister and it's revealed that he was the bus driver that was paid by all of the parents yeah. to drive the bus off the cliff in the first one and the ending of this story i fucking hated uh i i i don't know if i told you this we were watching it but when he was like handing out the uh the candy to um
0: Uh, three trick-or-treaters that showed up
1: yeah like he he is this like moment of redemption and i actually teared up like i was like oh man dude like
0: it kind of got me believes in halloween
1: well that it's more like he just became a better person yeah and like he was trying to change and then the fucking ghost kids from the bus and i guess it's comeuppance for what he did but i'm like man yeah the parents paid him to do it and Ah, he's not even the one that drove it yeah He was even, like, at the end, pardon me. He was giving the kids candy while they were on there.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it it is a very, very dumb way to, um, to wrap up, I think. And we did forget about the wraparound story, because this movie... I was saving that for last. Okay, I gotcha. Um, we can go ahead and get into that now. But the, uh, movie opens up with, it's the end of the night. And everybody's like getting ready, like they're taking down their Halloween decorations and whatnot. And, um, the this woman's like going out and she starts pulling off, um, like these sheets from their like kind of scarecrow things that they put up or whatever. And, um,
1: she's just, taking <laughs> down the decorations early, yeah.
0: yeah. She, because the like nights, like the Halloween, like trick or treating everything's over, but Halloween itself is not over yet. <clears throat> and she's taking down the decorations. And then um for the for as she's taking down this sheet that's supposed to be like a ghost, she pulls it off and um it just like we see the sheet just get coated in blood and then like we see her get like dragged away in the sheet. Um, and that's like how it wraps up. But then through going through the movie, we see at the end of um of Sam's story with uh, with the old bus driver. We see him across. We see across the street. It's the couple that gets. It's the girl that gets killed at the beginning of the movie. Um, yep. And we basically get to see like how that whole thing started. Yep. It's so a it's a very very cool way to um to come back to come back full circle. I think I think that's the only time that the anthology really felt like an anthology for a moment.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I.
1: I don't know. I I'm left with mixed feelings for this one. Yeah. Um. What's your
0: favorite story? Uh, favorite story. It's probably Sam. Yeah, it's mine as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Like we like we already yeah. said, but I don't know if we're basing it off of uh, how an anthology works.
2: It's pretty low. Uh yeah. It's yeah. So then we watched.
1: Body
0: bags.
2: Body bags is a really fun one.
1: Yeah, body bags is a lot of fun. It is a love letter to 80s horror by a lot of 80s horror directors. Um and we're like just a bunch of people that worked on different things in the 80s. Um it was originally made for T well it was was made for TV. It was originally intended to be a pilot. Yep. And um, John Carpenter was going to return week by week to play the coroner, who he plays in the movie. Who is like this host, and he like pulls these bodies out at this morgue, and he like is like, "Ooh, I wonder how this guy died," and then you get to see the
0: story. Yeah, I, my favorite thing about the way that they introduce him into it is he's like, oh, "Natural causes, natural causes, natural, that's boring," <laughs> and then he turns around and he sees the body bag. He's like, "Ooh, these are the good ones, body bags." Yep. I love when he's like getting a drink and he's pouring himself a glass of formaldehyde. Yep.
1: (laughs) It's awesome. Um, Um,
0: it's very, it's, this might be my favorite one on the list next to creep show.
1: Yeah. It's up there for me. I love body bags. Uh, even like, it's not even just the story. It's the host. He's so good. Yeah. John Carpenter does such a great job. He's doing like a Beetlejuice thing.
2: Yeah. And it works really well. um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's like I don't know how to explain it. He he just
1: does he he just has so much charisma.
0: Yeah, um, I I agree. Um, like I don't know, it's such he's done so like in
2: such a likable way. Um, uh, I don't know. It's very um.
0: I'm trying to think of like the way to phrase it.
1: Yeah. It's hard to describe. He's yeah. a very, very good host. If the anything twist with him at the end is the best, oh, if yeah, anything, we'll
0: we should that. just, uh, we, we recommend you just go watch body bags for yourself.
1: Yeah. It's free on Tubi. literally free. Don't, you don't have to pay anything. Go watch body bags. It's a yep. great time. It's really underrated. Flew under a lot of radars. Um, and I agree with what Sam said. The twist with him at the end is the best. We will get into that. Yep. Um, so the first story, the gas station, uh, directed by Mr. John Carpenter. Um, it, um, it's in this town, small town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Um, at this gas station, and um, this guy named Bill tells this new young college girl that got a job there, "Hey, there's a secure uh, a serial killer who broke out of a mental hospital. Don't leave the booth without your keys." And this story is. It's it's pretty long. All the stories in this one are decently long. They're a little bit longer than like the other yeah. anthologies. That's why there's only on,
0: three. Yeah, there's three total, um, plus our wraparound. Yeah, yeah, there.
1: Yeah, so this one is basically your classic like slasher setup with this girl, and you know she's just studying, and like all these different characters come up. And, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who does want to check out body bags, but it's revealed that the bill that attempted to, um, well, the bill that was, um, there at the beginning that gave her the job was not the bill that hired her that was played by, he was played by Sam Raimi and he is dead. Uh, he killed him so we get this cool like final girl thing where this guy that like comes back for his credit card earlier in the night, he kind of left it there, comes back and they fight the the serial killer together. It's a, it's a neat little story. It, It, it really is like a classic.
0: Yeah. We get cameos from, uh, Sam Raimi and, uh, Wes Craven in this one, right?
1: Uh, yes. Wes Craven is a creepy guy that approaches her. Yeah.
0: He's like, uh, he he like kind of just goes like, "Hey, we should go like on a date or whatever." And then she's like, oh, "I'm good."
1: Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, okay."
0: I think he asks her if he if she wants to leave the
1: booth and like come out for a couple of drinks or something like that. Yeah. Um. So then we get hair, and if you this is another one directed by John Carpenter. If you want to talk about this one,
0: yeah, hair is a very interesting one. Um. So. It's also I don't know, I don't know how many people have a have a fear like this, but it's a very, um,
1: it's a very '90s fear.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, hair starts out, and we're literally just introduced to our leading character, uh, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you have any idea?
1: He's played by Stacy Keach. Uh, I think his name is Richard. Richard, that's right.
0: Um, but we're introduced to a character named Richard, and um. He's, you know, thinning on top, going bald. Um, So he's basically, like, he's looking in the mirror, and he's, like, trying to spruce up his hair, and he's like, I ah, can't really do anything. And um his girlfriend comes over, he opens up the door, and, you know, she's just like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? Cheer up. And uh, he's basically, like, he's kind of mopey because he doesn't have hair. <laughs> and um he's like, you don't he... You, you would like me more if I had hair and she's like, "No, I like you for you. I don't care about your hair um and he starts trying to find like alternatives to you know to hair growth go to his barber and the barber's like, "Ah, you may as well just shave it pretty much um it's like within a year you're gonna be completely bald um, He ends up leaving the barber shop and he has all these hair products that he's gonna put in um start trying to you know get his hair back the way he wants it to be date night comes around next time his girlfriend walks in uh or he opens up the door his girlfriend's standing there and his hair is completely brown like he like basically colored his head um because up to this point like it's kind of been like a grayish like light like a kind of faded tone and now it's completely brown like he's a young man again and she's like what are you doing you, you need to stop like trying so hard it's and just be you your hair doesn't matter all that um and we keep getting like these tv ads that keep playing with this uh doctor and he's like uh the 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 quote is pretty it's something along the lines of like uh uh i liked my hair treatment so much i bought the company that's like the big tagline so he sets up an appointment finally goes to the um to this location and he's like talking to him and he's like like we could give you this one or this one these are pretty pretty simplistic pretty um you know the like this is this is acceptable this is something you want and he's like I want something exotic something something sexy and uh they they have this panel that's going by showing all the haircuts on him and this last one is him with just this gigantic mane just <laughs> running down his head and he's like that's the one they, uh, they do procedure, they wrap his head up in bandages, they're like, take it off in the morning, you'll be set. We jump cut, he's sitting there, he's looking in the mirror, he's like, please God, please let me have hair, and he pulls the bandage off, and you see this long lock fall down his face, and he just gets ecstatic. Um, and up to this point, you're just like, okay, what's going on? Something's not right. You're you're still like on edge the entire time because he's like, where's the con? Where's the twist to what's going to happen? Um, date night comes around again. Girlfriend comes in and she's all over him. She's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You're an animal. <laughs> and uh, but, um, he's just like, yeah, but he starts getting this strange cough throughout the day. And he's like, that's uh, I'm sure it's just a just coming down with something. That's fine. Um, next day goes by and he's still like coughing, having this fit. And, um, we start seeing like the hair has grown like another six inches since the procedure. He goes back to the barber and the barber's like, This is fantastic. I don't know how you managed to pull this off. Uh, whatever. And he's like, Um, he's like, Let's say, let's just take some of this off. And he's like, No, 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 not too much. And he goes, No, 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 we're just gonna style it. He ends up going back home and he's laying in bed and uh we start seeing like the hair is now coming to the point where it's like coming out of his face it's just growing everywhere now it's uh like it's it's just loosely these huge long locks coming out of his out of his cheeks and uh he's like okay this is concerning this is an issue he goes into the bathroom and uh he like there's a hair like in the back of his throat and he like grabs it and he pulls it. And then this is some of my favorite parts of this because of the claymation. It's like this weird looking worm with teeth and it spins around and bites his finger and he drops it in the drain and it just slithers away <laughs> down the drain. There it goes. Um, and it's so like you're at that moment you're like, whoa, that is wild. And he goes back to the, um, back to the clinic where he had the procedure done and he's like, "Something's going on. This isn't right." And they go, uh, "You Earthlings in your vanity." And then he just gets the rest of the, of the story. He just has this look of like, "Bruh."
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, he just dies.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: he just dies. He's just like, "All
0: right." Yeah, you got me. Um, this one,
1: uh, Sam says, this one is a very interesting concept. I love Stacy Keach in this one. He does such a good
0: job. Yeah, it's so fun though because like. So basically, he's sitting down, and they're just like, "Yeah, the hair's just gonna eat your brain now." And he's like, oh, "All right, fair enough." <laughs> did Did you catch what happened to him?
2: Uh. Uh-uh.
1: So, um, after they ate his brain, uh, when the coroner, um, when John Carpenter has his body, it's in this jar, just like the organs.
2: Yeah.
1: He jumped off a building, only to be hit by a moving car, then dragged under a train. Jesus. So they they pushed him off the yeah to try and like cover up that they ate his brain. Yeah. Hmm. that's uh, wild so then we get into uh i which is the only one in this uh story that is directed by toby hooper uh director of texas chainsaw massacre yep. he has a cameo a little bit later on um mark hamill is this baseball player he gets into a car accident his right eye is completely gouged out um he jumps onto this chance for a new surgical procedure to replace his eye from a dead person yep, which uh there's a very very famous horror worker there, Roger Corman plays Dr. Bergman, uh really big in eighties horror, so um he starts to hallucinate these things, and he has nightmares of killing women um and then having sex with them after he kills them, and he's like freaking out, and he's like saying all this fucked up shit to his wife. And he finds out that it the eye it was actually um the eye of a serial killer named john Randall um he was a executed serial killer and necrophile. He's like, "Oh man, dude, so um he like he he gets into this thing where he's like digging this hole, and his wife comes out and she's like, "Why are you digging this hole?" And he turns around, and John Randall's like kind of like completely overtaken his mind. He's just like, I'll kill you. And he like swings the Mark Hamill is so good in this. Yeah, I I think
0: this is so different for Mark Hamill in terms of acting. I yeah. will love it. He he nailed it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He
1: is so, so, so good in this. Um He pulls out this pair of guard shears right before he kills Kathy, who is pregnant with his kid, as we learn in the story. Um, and he stabs himself in the eye. Uh, right in the donated eye, and he bleeds to death.
2: Yeah,
0: and um, we do get this really cool moment uh, as it wraps up, where the blood stain after he stabs himself in the eye, the blood splatters onto an open Bible, and um, the passage is, uh, um, "If your right eye sees evil, um, or so, something along those lines, uh, pluck it out." And it's yeah, it's a really good way to wrap that. Yeah, I completely
1: agree completely agree with you so then we get the best segment of the film in my opinion which is the big wraparound another really satisfying wraparound the coroner's finished telling his tale and then we hear two other coroner workers coming downstairs and it's revealed that he is a living cadaver Yep. and the morgue workers show up one of them's played by toby hooper and one of them's played by fucking tom arnold <laughs> and the um they're trying to figure out, like, what's going on with this guy. he's like, man, he already reeks of formaldehyde. He's like, that's impossible. We haven't even done the autopsy yet. And uh, they're about to do the autopsy of him. And he's like, all right, hand me the head saw. And it pans over to John Carpenter's face.
0: And he just goes. <laughs> it's,
2: it's my, favorite, my favorite part of that is
0: uh, they're taking out the liver. And he's like, must have been drinking formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the camera he's like,
2: Head <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: like screaming, like, but he's not making noise. He's like,
0: ah! <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's a great way um, to, wrap,
1: to wrap that one up. Oh man! So,
0: uh, what's your favorite story in this segment? Um, I've, you can rank them if you want. Yeah, three okay. to one. Yeah, that's It's pretty easy, I think, to wrap to um rank these ones. I think i is my favorite. Um yeah. I don't know. It, okay. Something about it um I, I do think that it drags on a little bit, but I do like the concept a lot. Um this was the one. So it, it, for for me, whenever it comes to like stuff with eyeballs, stuff like that, I'm mm. just mm, I don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah, for my Dead Space 2 fans, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um but anyway that's probably my favorite one um then i'd probably say hair after um your least favorite was the gas station i liked gas station a lot it's that is the closest i think it gets to like your traditional like slasher type for for the for the anthology i do like that one a lot but i think it's my least favorite okay
1: mine is like completely different Okay. Uh, my, my favorite is the gas station. Um, my second favorite is hair. And my third favorite is I. Okay. Yeah, it's like a complete, I don't know. I, I and hair kind of switch places for me, but the gas station's always been my favorite. Yeah. It's just, it just captures that so well. And the fact that they're like referencing Haddonfield and an escape mental patient. It uh, It's so good to see John Carpenter return to something like that.
0: Yeah. We did completely forget to mention that Trick or Treat was uh, just some Ohio lore, because it takes place it in, is, in Ohio.
1: <laughs> it, it definitely does, and it is Ohio lore, for yep. sure.
2: The local skinwalkers broke out again. So, we are now on to Tales from the Hood. Yep.
1: It's very different for horror, um, and I do like this one a lot, actually. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It it's really good. I love the host, the mortuary. Yeah. Um and this one has a pretty satisfying wraparound too, I'd say. Oh yeah. Um so we open with these drug dealers, they arrive at this funeral home and they're like, give us the shit, man, and this fucking crazy ass funeral guy is just like, Oh yes. The shit <laughs> <laughs> And he's like but first, do you want to hear about this body here? And the guy's are just like, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs>
2: they're, they're like, just
0: give us, the, give us the shit. We don't care about the body. And then the, he's like, oh, he's, no,
1: no, 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 no. You want to hear about this yeah.
0: guy. Uh, a big thing with this story, uh, or with the wraparound with the coroner, um, or not the coroner, the, uh, the, he's like a funeral home attendant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he gives me a mixed vibe of Tony Todd uh, who played the original Candyman and, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Walken. Like, if you just took those two personalities, put them together,
2: that's what I was getting.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, so we get into the first story, who's Clarence Smith. And this one can be viewed as kind of political. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it necessarily is because I don't think it's trying to say what some people say it is yeah. it's basically this these guys, these cops they're running this drug deal and this prosecuting attorney or whatever he is, uh martin something morehouse martin morehouse oh, yeah he, he he um he's trying to eliminate police corruption, the cops beat him to death, and it skips ahead a year. And the the rookie cop who was there, uh, Smith, he's like a fucking drunk. He's so guilty. He drank himself into a stupor, and he just um, – he's not doing well. Yeah. He is not doing well. And he sees this mural of Martin Morehouse, and he sees this other vision. He sees a vision of Morehouse, like, being crucified. Yeah. And he's like, bring them to me. So um, he gets all the cops out to um, this cemetery, and he's taking them to their grave. The cops are getting ready to kill him because he knows what they did. And um, I love when they're like, they're like by Morehouse's grave, and this one guy's like, you know what? Um, I think, uh, I think I'm gonna
0: piss on his
2: grave. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? Yes, and it's
0: it's such a messed up story as well like the whole the whole scenario where like they don't even feel feel guilty and they literally they dragged his name through the mud because they uh like after they uh they beat him to death they literally dosed him with some heroin threw two bricks of cocaine in the trunk of the car and drove yep. it off they of destroyed a, off his of, image
2: here. yep yep
0: they demolished his image yep um but then we get the moment where he's like I can't remember what the character's name is, but he's like, How about you take take a turn? How about you come piss on the grave?
1: Yep. And um the Billy is the one that pisses second. Yeah. And Morehouse just of course he comes back from the dead. He rips off his fucking balls. His coffin like busts from the ground and uh Billy's dead. Morehouse is out and he's got his like fucking heart in his hand. And um the cops like are trying to kill him. There's this big chase. Um, they're trying to get away from him he kills Strom and then the guy that was um, the main drunk kid's partner he's like getting the hell out of there Um, he's trying to get away he ends up near that mural um, and his body like melts into it and, like, he's throwing these hypodermic needles at him, and yep. he literally crucifies him to this mural, and he just, like, gets painted on. Mm-hmm. And, um, Morehouse is, uh, talking to Smith, and, uh, he's like, Why didn't you help me when I was being beaten? And it, the story ends. He's, like, in this mental hospital, um, and it's saying that he killed the officers, um, instead of, uh, Morehouse's uh body which of course he would, he would get the blame yeah. for it and it shows that that's kind of his punishment for not taking yeah. action sooner and he, not like getting involved
0: he gets to live but he has to you know um deal with the guilt of not helping in when he could have
1: that uh story i didn't
0: say the title i don't
1: think it was rogue cop revelation yeah the next story is called Boys Do Get Bruised, if you wanna
0: Yeah. So um this one starts off and we are introduced to um sort of our lead character for this one. His name is uh is a W. What is it? Um Walter. Walter. Yeah, it's Walter. He um and he's like in his bedroom late at night and he like you hear this banging on the door. Um, of his bedroom, and he's sitting there with tears in his eyes, and then it just jump cuts to the next day, and he's a new student um, in this school. We get introduced to his teacher, who um, in this story is my favorite character. I love the teacher. He, in the is, story. he, he is pretty cool. Yeah, um, but um, he's like introducing everybody. He's like, "This is Walter, your new classmate," and it jump cuts to them at. Uh, at like recess, and the kids start picking on Walter, they start bullying him, and, um, he's like, all right, well, let's just take you to the nurse's office, and the nurse is like, the only thing was that, and he's got this black eye, and he's like, uh, did that kid hit you in the face, or in the eye, and he's like, no, he's like, do your parents hit you at home, and he's like, nope, and he's like, uh, you know, if he, if you, if you're concerned, you can you can talk to us. It'll be our secret. And he's like, no, don't want to talk about it. And uh, then uh, he's like, so who did do it? He's like, it was the monster. And he's like, all right, well, if you ever want to like speak up about it and you know tell me what's really going on, I'll, I'll be here to listen. He's like, he told me nobody would believe me, and uh, that hits hard. That is yeah awful. Yeah
1: yeah this one hits different yeah it really does it's uh it's such a tragic tragic story and you know as we watch more we we kind of get on and we think that there's no supernatural elements but uh, as it turns out there are there is something supernatural happening
2: yeah
0: um you can continue if you want so you're knocking out of the park (laughs) goes into um later that night and he's sitting in his bed again. This time the door is like fully barricaded with like a toy box and some uh, some other boxes that are stacked up. And this door is being banged on. We see the doors kind of, there's some light peering through. Um, and finally the door bursts open and you see these claws come around the corner of the door and it ends there again. Um, jump cuts the next day in class as they're all turning in the test. Walter comes up, hands his test in. And the teacher looks at his arm and sees this huge bruise on his forearm and goes, "Walter, what's going on?" Um. And he's, you know, he still doesn't want to talk about it and tries to ignore it. And then we get to a part where everybody's playing outside except Walter. He's still sitting in the classroom and he's just drawing pictures of this monster. Um. And the teacher's like, "This is the monster, GT." He's like, "Yeah." And then he's kind of gone through some of his drawings and he sees one of the, um, the classmate that was bullying him at the start of the story. And, uh, he's like, um, Walter's talking to him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the picture of the monster. I'm going to burn it. So that the monster goes away. Um, and he's like, you know, Walter, I don't know how well that's going to work, um, or whatever. And on his way out, one of the papers flies off the table. Walter comes up, picks it up, just crumbles it up and throws it away, and then it transitions. We just see one of the kids being put into an ambulance, and like, what happened is like, fell down a flight of stairs, broke his arms and his legs on the way down. It's crazy. Um, and you know, he was like, "That's that's wild." Okay. Yeah.
2: So the yeah,
0: so the teacher ends up going to um to Walter's house uh, late at night to talk to his mom. And you know they're having a conversation and he's like you know i think you know walter keeps talking about monsters and i'm just concerned about what's going on and um we see walter standing in the corner his mom sees him and she's like you're you're telling people about monsters again like you can't be doing this um and whatnot just like you're gonna go up to bed so he's sitting um sitting on the stairs at this point and on the way out the teacher's like okay i'm i'm leaving and the, um, just before he gets to the door, um, Walter's, is it, is it his stepdad or is it, um,
2: uh, I, is, this is, his,
0: is his mom just dating him or is it stepdad? I don't, I'm pretty sure it's just a boyfriend. That's what I was thinking. Um, so it's the mom's boyfriend and, uh, you know, the teacher's like, I'm actually not leaving. I'm going to talk to him now and says, uh, Walter's been talking about um stories about monsters he's been drawing pictures and stuff and he pulls out the picture and it shows him and uh he's like i'll handle it and the teacher's like what do you mean you're gonna handle it and then he says i'll handle it and he go ahead and make sure he makes it safe out at the door right and um teacher's in the car he's just sitting there and the um it jump cuts to walter who's sitting in his room now kind of like barricaded in the corner. The door flies open and we see the silhouette of this monster and then it pans forward and around and we see it's actually just the mom's boyfriend. Um, and the silhouette fades away and becomes just him as he starts, you know, basically trying to do the same things to Walter as he always has been. Um, they end up in the in the kitchen at this point and... My favorite part of this is the teacher comes back in and starts throwing some hands. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's getting involved. Yeah. Um, ends up unfortunately getting his ass kicked, but in the uh, moments where, you know, um, the boyfriend is, is, you know, taking some, uh, some swings of the teacher, Walter picks up the drawing of the monster that he made, creases its, uh, its arm, and folds it. And we just watched the boyfriend's arm just snap backwards.
1: Yup. Yup, it's revealed that the, the... Well, it was revealed earlier that the pictures that he drew, it actually did work. Yeah. The uh, voodoo magic that he was told about, and uh, we see it work on Walter, and then the teacher's like, well, how are we gonna... Um, how are we gonna get rid of this body? And they uh, throw it in a fire, and he just like bursts into flames, and then it cuts back to the funeral home, and we see That uh his burnt and mangled body
0: like is all like crumpled up is in there.
1: Yep. I wonder what they thought when they were like trying to figure out the cause of death. Like
0: (laughs) gr uh all bones broken and spontaneous combustion.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um so then we get into kkk comeuppets, which is a really good story. Um this one is uh I would say this one's the most political. Well the last one's pretty political. Last one's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, for a specific sequence that um Oh, it's get it's
0: wild. We're, we're get, we'll yeah, get to that it's... point. Um but it until then, a very
1: different type of horror. Yeah. So KKK come up, it's um the story's okay. I like its message. Basically this clansman bought this clan uh plantation, I almost said plantation. Um <laughs> it was owned by his ancestor. And it's kind of this thing of, like... Do we leave this alone? Like, that debate? Like, should we just, you know, let this go? Or is there, like, a meaning to him buying it? So, um... There's this myth that these tortured slaves were... Their souls were put into dolls to save them. And, like, to save their souls. And the dolls are still in the house. And there's this picture that we see of, like, this old grandma. And she has all these dolls with her. And, um... This dude is such an asshole. What's his name? Duke Metger. Um, I'm pretty sure he was based off of real life. David Duke. Um, who was a grand wizard in the clan. And, um, basically dolls are supposedly still there. Um, they're like filming this like attack ad kind of thing. And his, uh, camera guy is filming him and he stumbles and falls down the stairs and he fucking dies. And we see a doll sitting by um, where he was standing at the top of the steps. So they're watching the footage and they're like, oh, it's kind of weird. There was a doll there. And um, he later comes into contact with the doll again. And he's fighting with it. He's kind of injured, but he stops the doll. He's beating it with an American flag, which is some very interesting uh, symbolism there, which also makes it kind of... uh, political um he um he starts like hitting the um painting as well and the painting starts to bleed he takes the doll outside and he ties it to a dartboard and he blasts it with a shotgun um he's like yelling at the painting and then he like looks down and a lot of the drawings and the paintings of um these dolls are gone yeah it's just white where they were and he's like oh shit he he like the all the uh, dolls start coming out the grandma's out they're all attacking him he covers himself in this american flag again and um they're like they start eating him and she's like holding this doll in her arms after the grandma comes out of the painting like just kind of rocking back and forth yep. with it and uh, it's just, man, it's 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 a very very um rough story.
0: Yeah, um, um, it's it's one of the more interesting ones I think in this film, um, just because of like the whole concept. I think this is um this is probably the most supernatural that this movie gets besides, um, the wraparound at the end, which we'll talk about. Um. But like having the dolls come to life and like they're hopping out of the painting and stuff. It's a really cool idea. And I do like the, um, the like kind of claymation effect that they do with it. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really neat. And the effect is really neat too. I agree with you. Um, and then the drug dealers in our wraparound segment, they're starting to get a little pissed off at this Mr. Funeral guy. He's like, Oh, wait, let me tell you about crazy K first. Yep. Um, and Crazy K, um, if you want to talk about the baseline story, I can talk about the sequence in the uh modulator.
0: Okay. Um, so we open up on Crazy K, who is driving this car, um, and he sees somebody drive by and uh he's like, Hey, I know that guy. I remember exactly what like the whole beef is with him. But he U-turns, chases after him, the guy gets out of his car, and um Crazy K pulls out a gun, just shoots him dead. Um, and then right after this happens, three dudes run out of the house. They hit him as well. And he's like on the ground. Um, basically just like kind of, he's bleeding. The cops roll up and they take out the other three dudes. And then we jump cut to crazy K who is now in, um, he's in prison for several, several murders, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's like he's on he's, death row, I believe. Yeah, they're like, You're serving a life sentence with I think there's death row. Oh it's, no, it's a li- I, I life I think it's sentence? I think it's just a life sentence. I think yeah, it's I think it's a life sentence. And then this um this woman shows up and uh she's kinda like Amanda Waller. Um <laughs> and she's just like We're gonna give you a second chance at life, pretty much here. And he's like, What other choice do I have? She's like, You can stay in prison you can do the thing and he's like, I right, fine.
2: Um, I'll do the thing. Yeah.
0: And he gets taken to this place, which, um, very strange as you see, like, there's just people being like pulled through, uh, in like clear, like plastic bagging and stuff like that. It's like, I even, I think that's even weird for like, if you went to Arkham Asylum, it'd be less weird. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, he's kind of going through the thing and they're like, yeah, we're going to, um. Basically, put you in this thing. It's like, a, it's like this weird, uh, like iron table. It looks like an old torture device. They strap him in and they like spin him around really fast. Um, and, uh, then we get into the part that Mike's gonna take over for where they're like, we're gonna put you in a sensory deprivation, uh, tank and you're just gonna stay in there for a while.
1: So, um, yeah, did you talk about the guy that he meets?
0: I don't think so. Which yeah, guy? This is right oh, before the crazy yeah. guy. Yeah, they roll him into a cage uh right next to this uh this uh this white man that has a He a, is a he's a white supremacist. Yeah, he has a tattoo of Hitler on his chest and a swastika, um on like his stomach. Um and he's he he kind of looks at him and, and he he's kind of talking. He's like, "I'm I'm wanted for killing uh, like a ton of black people or whatever." And he's like, "Uh, what are you what do you here for?" And he's like, just uh, murder." And he's like, "How many of those people you murder?" And uh, he's like, "How many of those people you murder were black?" And he, like he just kind of sits there in silence. And the white supremacist looks over. And he's like, "You're all right with me."
1: Yep. Yeah, really fucked up. Yeah. And he's like, he's sitting there and he's like kind of contemplating. He's like, I want you to be a soldier in my army when the war between the blacks and the whites come. And he's like, and then we'll treat you, you know, would you rather die or, be, you know? And it's, oh, man. Um, he, He'll he be like, there's there'll be a few black people spared as long as they think like me. And, um, and Dr. Cushing tells him, we put him there so you could meet someone who's just like you. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Um, they were like, if you, you know, we're going to put you in the sensory deprivation chamber, if you don't succeed, um, you'll rot in solitary confinement for the rest of your life. And he is put through this, uh, the sensory deprivation chamber is actually after, because they put him in this like process, the torture thing is before, because in the sensory deprivation chamber, it's, they don't show him in, like the video. Yeah. He's like in this chair and he's spinning around and it's this gyroscopic thing, and they show real life images mixed with images that they took from the film, like for the production. um there are images of kKK members, actual photographs of lynching victims. yeah uh gang violence, some of it both uh, fictionalized for the movie, like just recreated. Some of it is real uh photos. Um, they show like torturings of black people from the early nineteen hundreds when photographs are in their infancy, just lots of lynchings and violence um And Dr. Cushing's like, "Hey, you know, you killed a lot of innocent black people without remorse, you know, so then he's put into the separate se- sen- the sensory deprivation on. I am the sensory deprivation chamber, and he sees all these souls of the people that he killed. Yep, And there's this little girl that shows up and he's like, it was a straight bullet. Like a bullet doesn't have anybody's name on it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, he has his own like abuse from his childhood. He's like, I'm not going to, he doesn't, he refuses to accept responsibility and Cushing's like, you're not going to get another chance for this. And he is transported back in time to the moment he's shot. And this time he is finished off with the gunman. So this whole thing is revealed to be just happening right there for him in his mind, kind of like a like a spiritual thing. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, very powerful stuff. So then we get the big reveal in the wraparound. Oh yeah. Um, the sto- uh, the gangsters that we were following that were trying to get the drugs, as shit. we see in yes the shit. In Crazy K's story, it's shown that they're the ones that gunned him down, and we get welcome to my mortuary, where um, it's like it's revealed he opens three coffins in this room, and it's the three of them. They were gunned down
2: after they killed Crazy K, and um, they're like, oh shit, and it's
1: revealed. That Sims is Satan, the funeral uh conductor is uh Satan, and they are in hell. Yep, and it ends. Uh, it's a really, really good wrap around, really fits the story well. Yeah, um, what is your favorite story? You could do four, three, two, one if you want. Um, this one's tough for me,
0: yeah, because a lot of them are really good. Um, yeah. Alright, so I'd probably put um I can't remember the name of it, Walter, his story I'd probably put that as number one I really enjoyed that one uh, Then I'd probably do um The Drug Dealer second Okay,
2: Crazy K Yeah uh, hmm. It's kind of a toss up for the other two I-, I can't give anything definitive on that okay
1: for me my least favorite um this is like take it with a grain of salt because i love all four yeah they're all great uh my least favorite is probably kkk comeuppets which is the
0: um doll one yeah that's probably uh, my least favorite actually now that i'm thinking about it
1: third see it's already tough for me i would say hardcore convent is third with uh, crazy k second is rogue cop revelation and first is boys do get bruised yeah Okay. We are now on to our final anthology of the night. Yeah. VHS 94, which pretty much has four stories and then this epilogue. Uh, let's get the epilogue out of the way right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the epilogue for this film is fucking terrible. It, was it is awful. the worst. It is the worst part of the whole movie. I don't even want to talk about the the, the like the wraparound thing. The stories themselves surprised me. They yeah. are so well written.
2: So well well executed,
1: yeah. yeah, I I got creeps and chills, and this is the only movie that we watched that really gave me that, except for Tales from the Hood. Yeah, with a couple of the real life things really got to me. Yeah.
0: So the the we we were both like watching, and we started out with the with our wraparound story that which is both of us we literally watched it. We got to the end of it, we're like, that was very very weak. Um, but it starts out and we're seeing like the beginning of this police raid or whatever. And it keeps coming back, so we'll get like we'll get one of our stories and it comes back to this, and then another story and comes back to it again and As it's going through, we get a little bit more each time, and none of it really makes sense it none of it's really pulling you in, but like we keep seeing more of the cops that are in this raid die, and then we finally get to the end of it where um it's the the person that was in charge of it is now strapped to a chair, and two of the uh police officers that came in with the uh during the raid are now sitting there changing and they're like, this was our entire thing. We, we like release like snuff films and stuff like that. Um, and he's like, okay, I guess. And then they just beat into one of the cameras and literally Mike and I were sitting there. We're like, okay.
1: Yeah. It was a really weird ending sequence. It like looked like that. The, the girls that were like doing the, the, the VHS stuff were like, about to take their clothes off and make a porno instead of a snuff film like i didn't know what the hell was happening there but the stories themselves uh themselves are very very good in vhs 94 they're they're all very very solid stories
0: are there four Um, in this movie there were okay um
1: the first one is storm drain um which takes place in westerville ohio some more Ohio ohio lore Would you like to do storm drain?
2: Okay.
0: So we'll start with storm drain, um, discussing like kind of where it goes, but basically the people of the area, um, are discussing, they're kind of, um, they're like, so local residents are saying that they've seen some kind of rat man. Uh, and we're just going to investigate and see what people think. Uh, what's really cool is that Mike and I were like, is this Ohio? um, because one person says Athens and we're like that's that's yep. no city of Ohio, and then they show a license plate on a van and it's an Ohio plate. We're like, okay, it's Ohio. Um, but they're co- they're going around and they're like talking to people and they're like I saw somebody in this uh, this uh, drain. They're like, okay, we'll take a look. And um, they're going through. What's actually really really weird is that they they stop and talk to somebody, and the guy that's like, yeah, I saw somebody in that storm drain. As he points to it with an AR-15 and then just spins back around like, all right, we're going, (laughs) we're, we're leaving. We don't want to, we don't mess with that guy anymore. Um, and then it cuts to them, uh, right outside the storm drain, uh, trying to film. And they're literally like, they're just trying to get the story covered and they pan to the right up outside of the storm drain. And you just see a guy standing there staring at them. They're like, that's creeping me out. So they move a little bit further into the drain, um, And they're still trying to cover the thing. They're talking. The cameraman leans over. And he's like, what is that? Uh, Like, I swear to God, there's somebody there. They go up. And they find, um, it's like a blanket. And he, like, opens up. And there's, like, just random junk in there. And he's like, that's weird. They keep moving further and further in. And you get this moment. Mike and I literally were watching it. And um, they, they turn the corner. And you just see a dude just standing there. And then he turns around. walks away, no words then the character's like, what the fuck was that uh, they go further in, still I would've turned around after I saw the dude just standing there (laughs) um or even gone into the storm drain to begin with let's be real, but they go further in and they um they find this dude he's like filthy, his skin is like completely black with like soot and like random like dirt and stuff, and they're like what's going on? Can we like, help? like, we're going to help you. What's, what's your name? All this. And, um, they lean in and then she, like the reporter, she goes, are you the rat man? And literally in this scene, I was talking to Mike and I watched it. His eyes instantly dilate. He gets really wide eyed and then blood just drips out of his mouth. And it was so chilling seeing this happen. And there's was like, let's leave. Let's, let's go. They start running <laughs> off. You hear her scream in the distance as the camera turns around. She's nowhere in sight. He turns back around. There's a dude just hits him, knocks him out. We come back to it. And uh, so the people that are like living in this uh, storm drain are recording her. And they're like, uh, we're going to see if you're going to be chosen. And they're like, what do you mean? They pan over and you see. The uh you see the, the rat man, I don't know what you call it, some kind of cryptid, I don't know, but it spits this um they they take like a acid from its mouth or whatever it is. It's its saliva is very acidic, I guess. And they pour it on the cameraman's face and watch it just melt and he falls yep. over dead. They're like, We're gonna see if you're chosen. And they do the same thing. They put her right in front of the rat man and it just starts leaking its saliva all over, and she just seems to be completely fine.
1: And then we get this like fucking like fake commercial. Yep, like, the, it's the, like a the news vegetable
0: thing. masher. It's a yeah, you know, the veggie masher. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's literally just like you put like, your broccoli in there. It just mashes it. It doesn't work. It's just it's just dumb. <laughs> and then it cuts back to it, and we're in the middle of a news report where the guy, um, the reporter, it's a it's a male reporter behind the office, and he's like, we're uh, covering some footage of um of our you know local reporter being out of a storm drain and she like it cuts the video and she's like just wide-eyed terrified being pulled out and it cuts back and she's in the studio with him now and she's like they just go back in the normal report and she like kind of gags for a second burps then turns and vomits all over okay. the other reporter's face and it just melts off yep
1: yeah just absolutely melts his face it yeah.
0: is it's v- oh my god it's one of the most graphic scenes in any horror movie I've ever seen because you watch it like peel away and then you just see you see his skull blood his eyes are gone it is wild yeah it's
1: this movie is very very gruesome and the way it's shot is very eerie too because it's a lot of them are shot with a VHS aesthetic, and we'll get to yeah. the terror, which is my favorite story, is actually shot on video, which is really
0: cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So then we get to the empty wake, which is my least favorite story. Yeah, it, it drags on a lot. I think. Yeah. Um. I don't remember very much from the wake.
0: Um. It wasn't the most entertaining. I mean, I, I think the way it ended was cool, but overall, it was it was okay. Um, yeah,
1: it, it's just a ghost story. Yeah. Pretty Much.
0: So uh opens up and it's like girl on her first day at a at a funeral home and they're supposed to be awake. I don't know. Here's the big thing. This wake is at like 9 p.m. And it's just going throughout the night. Nobody's there. Nobody has a wake at 9 p.m. Nobody does that. And it's not a thing. Um, But they're going through and they're like, I swear to God, this casket keeps moving. There's like knocking and shit going on. This is also during like a severe thunderstorm. Like there's a tornado like pretty close by. And um the girl's finally like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Because she hears like the coffin get banged around a lot, and um, she goes to the door, it's literally chained up for some reason. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she runs back in and we see the casket is now tipped over, empty. And uh, Mike actually accidentally timed this perfectly. He paused the movie as she pans over, and you just see somebody <laughs> standing next to a wall just, just looking away. <laughs> and, we're, for,
1: and For our audio listeners, uh, Keegan's just kind of turning around in his chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking away from the microphone. You probably heard it. My voice probably distorted. Um, but they, uh, Mike paused it perfectly. And we're like, can you... Can you- unpause it now <laughs> and um the dude turns around and he's missing the top half of his face his head like it's just sheared off pretty much um it was cool visually i like it but he kind of just he was kind of just a clicker from the last of us yeah uh because he couldn't he couldn't see he was um he was blind Uh, and it's like, it starts trying to chase her around in the, like when she makes noise and she's sitting in the corner, she looks down and you see the tough top half of his head and you see the eyes start looking around and it locks eyes at her. And then you just pan over and see her running right at you. And right in that moment, the tornadoes burst through the side of the building. And, uh, then it jump cuts to the end of where you see like the cameras flipped over, you see his corpse on the ground and she just kind of walks off.
1: Yeah, I think it was getting at that she was uh possessed by his spirit. Yeah. In a way. Uh yeah, one and then uh the it next one like, woke my ass up. So like I
0: was <laughs> when I was talking about it, like like I made that seem fast. That was like a half hour like short like story, yeah. and it just it only gets good in the last like two minutes
1: yeah the next one is probably one of these next two this one especially is one of the most uh graphic things i've i think i've ever seen um it's the story called the subject which i believe takes place in indonesia yeah um this dude he's like a mad scientist type he's trying to create the perfect mechanical human hybrid and we re- uh, it's revealed that this girl who we're seeing the perspective of, um, she was this girl that was kidnapped by him and oh, is being she... experimented on. So, um, excuse me. Um, military shows up. They're not happy. They kill the doctor instantly. They're pissed. Yep. Uh, then they attempt to kill the girl who we uh, come to learn is the... Um, the um, Kidnapping victim, and uh, things go wrong. The facility has a lockdown, and we see this fucking terrifying, half metallic, half human like hybrid creature like killing these people. He's like, fuck it, cutting them in half, cutting heads off. I mean, it's graphic as shit. Um, there's a bunch of officers that we kind of get to know their character a little bit. There's this like wimpy camera guy that's there, and this like macho like commander that wants to like absolutely just annihilate anything that's not on his squad um there's this big fight that uh breaks out between the remaining guards the um horrific creature and the girl um and it's revealed that her head is a camera
0: yeah and the reveal for it is fantastic
1: yeah, she, like, kind of walks up to this thing, and she just sees herself. It's, oh, man. Yeah,
0: and then there's a bit that Mike and I were both, we both fell in love with where um she starts touching around, like, her new camera head, and she touches a spot where a microphone's at, and you actually hear the audio, like, distort and muffle as she touches the left side and then touches the right.
1: Yep. It, oh, man, that's, it was so good. So, um... She ends up linking back up with the wimpy camera guy,
0: um, and they're they, basically uh, talking to each other. And they're like, um, "She's like, I want to live," and then he goes, "Me too." Yeah.
1: Um, there we see more of his like failed experiments. I do believe she does. She put she puts one out of its misery, right?
0: Yeah, there's one, one like that's um, the cord. yeah, it's like on a table it's literally it's a girl and her like entire torso is just all the way down um has been uh like opened up and she's like is this real or whatever and she just grabs this cable that's attached to her neck like, pulls it and she just dies
2: yeah it's uh
1: yeah it's dark yeah. um they continue and uh they're fighting through these soldiers and uh we see the uh, fucking crazy monster thing appear yeah. again, and it's this, like, final showdown between the four of them. The commander, this crazy fucking monster thing, our main girl, and the camera guy, and it's just, like, absolutely brutal. It, like, I, I don't want to get into, like, too much of the gory details, but the... It's a very brutal sequence. Yeah. Uh, our, for our context
0: main- of how brutal the whole the whole thing is, um, the terrifying uh, like abomination walking around literally has blades for arms.
1: Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. And our main girl, uh, I neglected to mention, has uh, machine guns for oh, arms.
0: Machine gun arm. Yep.
1: Oh, machine gun arm. Yeah. With the with the
0: with a forty millimeter grenade launcher attached at the bottom. Yeah,
1: it's like, the, um, fucking what's that movie that was accompanying Death Proof? Uh, uh, Planet Terror. It's like the girl with the with the gun leg in Planet Terror.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: And. um we get to like the end and her battery finally dies and it cuts to the security camera and she is getting up on her like by herself. She, and she leaves.
0: And that's where we end.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a really good story. This next one is my favorite of this film. It is called terror and it's this militia, like white supremacist group in Michigan They have this compound. They're like about to attack a government building. It was shot with video and it made it look like it was straight from the nineties, which this was pulling a lot of inspiration from the Oklahoma city bombing. Yeah. um, Which is really fucking cool how they like kind of paralleled it. And it's revealed that they have this weapon. Um, We don't know what it is yet, but we see this guy in the shipping container and we see him a multiple times. It took me a couple of times to catch that it was the same guy. Yeah. But um they come in and they just shoot him in the head. But every day it's the same guy and he's back to life. So, um we see them taking this like blood sample and they give it to this rabbit and it just fucking explodes. And you're yep. like, "Okay, that dude's blood is explosive." And it's revealed that the, he's a vampire and they take vampire blood and whenever you expose vampire blood to sunlight, it's expo- it's explosive. Yep.
2: The um uh
0: uh, sorry a quick side note because I I feel like we have to mention it because um we were watching this with Trent and, and like all three of us were sitting there watching and every time that they would start the morning and they'd shoot the guy in the head it looked real it was yeah unbelievable
1: yeah sadly uh to say I've seen videos of the real on the internet and this was pretty fucking close yeah it wasn't dramatic there wasn't like a large amount of like it looked real and the fact that it was shot on video reinforced that it's like going back and watching texas chainsaw now the original the first one it looks real it looks like a documentary yeah um so they um it's nighttime uh they're all getting drunk before their big day and they fuck up yeah these guys are in there with the vampire, and they're, like, daring each other to do whatever they're drunk. He's like, oh, I dare you to kiss it. And this blood gets on this one dude. And we cut to the next morning. There's all these sirens. They're like, who the fuck was supposed to be on guard duty? And they, they find Terry on the ground. I I remember his name for some reason. Uh, <laughs> his neck's like, cut open, um... You hear all these crashes from the shipping container, like compound area. They realize others are missing. Um, they like they get ready, they get ready for combat. He's like, All right, man, we're gonna take this vampire down. Um He's like just the guy on the fucking machine gun. All of a sudden, just starts the fucking their own guys just because he's never had to use it before. He's not even trained. He's just a white supremacist. It's literally a fifty BMG
0: machine gun, and he starts just ripping through them on accident.
1: Yep, and the and they call the main guy. I forgot to mention this, the commandant, and he wants to take back America. Um, he shoots the machine gutter in the head. He's like, all right, we need to do this. Uh, and then the other guy comes out of the compound area. He's like covered in the blood. He's like, oh, and he like gets into the sunlight and he just fucking explodes. And the last few members that are left alive, they're like, we need to kill this thing. Uh, we can't let it get out. So there's this fucking just brutal... Thing with the vampire, the vampire like its head opens up and there's all these teeth and it just like bites into him. It's not like what you would perceive a vampire to look like,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and uh, Greg is in there, uh, I remember his name too. And he's in there and he just keeps saying, Christ is king, Christ is king, Christ is king, like praying. And the vampire kind of drags his cage and then it opens the attic um window in there, all this sunlight comes in. And the vampire commits suicide. It after all the torture they put it through, it didn't even want to live anymore. Yeah, it took them all out and then killed itself. And it just the whole thing just gets blown
0: to hell. Yeah, and then we go back to the the mid wrap up. <laughs> yeah, the wrap up at the end, which we don't need to talk about. Yeah, uh, but overall, I think that is one of the best stories in this film. Um, very like. Because uh, the entire time you're kind of like, what's going on? What's the, what's the play? And like, you're seeing them do stuff with the blood. You're seeing them kill the guy every morning. Um, it's like, that's interesting. And uh, that, that payoff at the end of like it going in. Cause I, so um, the reason that like, they, they were like, okay, we have to wait a day is because they were going to have it in this crate. that was going to drop open and then the sun was going to hit it. Blow up and they were going to take out this big federal building. Um, but they like the crate wouldn't open properly, so they're like, We're going to, have to delay a day, but instead, uh, but tonight we're just going to get wasted pretty much, and that's how the whole event goes down. Yep, and uh, I think it was the payoff at the end of him just opening the shutter doors at the top of the, of the attic and just going out in this explosive fireball, and the camera just cuts out because of the explosion is great
1: yeah it's oh man it's it's awesome
0: yeah, this movie uh, is proof that the cameraman does in fact die
1: so for this one what's your ranking looking like we're at uh, least favorite to
0: most favorite or however you want to do it um i really like uh the storm drain that one's probably not top though um Terror is probably to top, uh, probably number one, um, and then I'd probably do uh the one with the machines. I can't remember what the name of all of them are. Unfortunately, um, it was the subject. The subject, yeah, that's uh, that's probably my second. Um, then probably Storm Drain, and then what was the name of the fourth one?
1: Uh, terror. Uh, no, your
0: favorite terror was my favorite. What was the what was the fourth? Story. there's
1: only uh four yeah well uh, uh, terror is the fourth the, the third one, one is the, su- the sub okay the, the stories are storm drain the empty wake the subject empty and wake terror. empty wake is the worst one yeah. i agree with that i would put uh <laughs> it's so em- forgettable
0: i couldn't remember the name of it again
1: <laughs> i would put holy hell in a grave um that's the interlude thing that we kept talking about the rap yeah right? my least favorite is the empty wake as well yeah. And then, oh, it's so tough. I'd I'd say the subject because I really like the rat one. Yeah. And then I would do storm drain, and my number one would be terror.
0: Yeah, terror. I, uh, I, I want
1: to watch terror again. I really like that
0: one. I think the subject and uh, the storm drain. I think that one can that's interchangeable for me. So yeah, same here. It's pretty close.
1: So we've ranked all of our stories in these. Now it's time to rank the five anthologies for how they stack up against each other. Yep. So, uh, rock, paper, scissors for who goes. Here, we could do it. it. We're on camera.
0: Okay.
1: All right, you ready? Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I went early, but is that rock or is that scissors? Yeah, I was too low. I promise I didn't change it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: All
2: right, we got to
0: go.
1: Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. <laughs> well, through scissors again, audio listeners. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, he threw all scissors right. a third time, because who does that? Go ahead, Keegan, you're
0: first. Nobody never let him know your next move, which is scissors. <laughs> Should've uh, just played rock. <laughs> Alright, so last I'm gonna put uh trick or treat. As we discussed, it is the weakest of the of the five that we did watch, um and we're in agreement on that. There's probably somebody out there that they this is their favorite, and they're just like, "Oh, I'm pissed
1: <laughs> yeah i know I, I we did like the movie it just um, yeah. we just didn't like it as much as the others yeah
0: um and then I'd probably do um' hmm. so, now we're getting into the tough situation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's mine, too. That's what I was going to say, the same thing. After you get past the first one, you're like, fuck.
0: Yeah, and now I'm just like, which one? Um, I'll probably do Tales from the Hood fourth. Because um, I, I loved every story in it, but only one of them, I feel, is like traditional horror to a degree. Uh, I don't know.
1: We're we're on my top five right now. We're neck
0: and neck. Okay. Um. And then i uh, do VHS 94. Um, I Weird. that one we're still neck and neck. I I absolutely love that one though, because that was the one that like Mike and I both said, uh, I I think that one hits the horror just right. Where like there's a lot of these, there's some fun to them, like like creep show and body bags, like some of the stories are just fun. They're they're not like it's like, oh, that's no. kind of creepy, but that's also fun. Um vhs i think hit a point where like it was actually like moments of of actual like fear um so i don't know i, I really like that and then it's kind it's probably interchangeable to be honest but i'm gonna do body bags and then creep show
1: you forgot one
0: which one did i forget
1: um no you didn't but no we're we're in the i don't know why I we we have the exact same top five Mine is trick or treat um tales from the hood vhs 94 body bags and creep show it yeah. is identical yeah
0: i like i said for creep show and body bags i do think that's interchangeable like i could probably i could probably watch either of those any day so
1: for me i i like creep show more but i love i'm a big stephen king guy um and uh it just hits all the right notes for me throughout the entire film.
0: Yeah. I mean, out of the two out of the two films, I think Creepshow has the weakest story with uh Father's Day. So
1: Yeah, that's true. But Creepshow also has four more that are really yeah. good. Yeah. Um so yeah, that is the end of our first Halloween episode. I hope you guys really like horror and Halloween episodes because we're kind of doing this
0: the entire month. We're doing a season. we're doing a few more of these. It's gonna be different. Yeah. We're not to yeah,
1: not just exclusively limiting it to anthologies, but now I kind of want to do one on just the VHS series. Um, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> that also, movie was um, really good.
0: We're also looking to do one on uh, slashers. Yes, there will be a slasher episode. Halloween three will show up at some point. I promise all of you. Yep. We're, um, we're gonna have to write a way to get that but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah halloween 3 will be there it will be there or be square 100 percent um so yeah i guess that's the end of our uh, our uh episode 8 of mixed media thank you guys so much for for being here with us and uh, you know especially our audio listeners and not just especially audio listeners but uh, you guys are very appreciated i know you don't get to watch us live you know you listen to us on the way to work and things like that and i just wanted to let you know we do deeply appreciate you and we do uh see you guys and you guys are great youtube viewers the same way uh twitch bod users as well um you know what what else do we post this thing to x videos uh, <laughs> something like that i, I think um,
0: I'm, I'm i'm almost verified <clears throat> on pornhub we'll be on there soon
1: <laughs> yeah we'll be on there soon uh, we're we're approaching that deadline. My OnlyFans <laughs> is coming out pretty soon as well. Um, know. um Sam says in the comments, this is such a fun place to start. Anthologies are a great place uh, to begin with. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we love anthologies here. Um, yeah, I think me. anthologies
0: Keep- was a great place to start, truly, because like we start yeah. out, and it's like you know we can just do these short stories, and they're all really fun. Um, and then, like, we can go into our more traditional horror here later in the month as we get closer and closer to Halloween.
1: Hold on, I'm doing math. What? 16.
0: Hold on, I'm at 16.
1: Wait, what was the last one? Oh, that's, like... We covered 20 stories, pretty yeah. much. It averages out at, like, 20 stories, which is awesome. We covered a lot. And, I, uh, Keegan, you correct me if you've seen none of these before this correct um yeah and I have seen all of them except for no there were two I haven't seen because I haven't seen trick-or-treat or vhs 94 yeah. if I lied. there were two that i hadn't seen so it was cool to kind of get to discover these movies and get to talk about them so soon after first viewing and for the uh two uh three that I did watch uh, it was very nice to um get a refresh on them Creepshaw and body bags that was like a fourth fifth time, but. Uh Tales from the Hood, that was my second time. It was very nice to yeah. and, uh after this podcast.
0: Overall, I think the best movie that we covered was uh Banshees of Inashearin. <laughs>
1: Banshees of yes, Banshees <laughs> of Anishirin. Where's the Banshees video? Where's Banshees? We need Banshees <laughs> of Anishirin. Best movie of twenty twenty-two. Um yeah, I horror movies October is my favorite month, so I can't wait to do more of these episodes for you guys. Um uh some of them may run a little bit longer like this one which yep. is fine i think
0: uh, uh, sorry I for think the delays as well we're just under passing up our
1: uh Two our longest march. episode oh are we how, how long did you say we are from passing it
0: uh like 10 minutes yeah. uh, 12 minutes uh, you, there.
1: you want to talk about the crate again no, <laughs> uh, but uh seriously though thank you guys so much for watching i'm really excited to see what the uh Rest of this year brings for us, and uh, what the rest of um, October brings for uh, for us for these um, horror episodes as well.
0: Yep, it's uh, this one was really fun to do, um, especially because like I feel like we could just kind of we could just go on this one because there's so much to cover, so many stories, um, so many different like creative minds and decisions being made as well, especially with Stephen King <laughs> yes. just being in there. Um, overall, very fun um need a channel point redemption that is a podcast episode suggestion that's actually not a bad idea i like that i well, you have to add that later
1: do for like eight or nine k eight or nine k First, fair
0: enough our schedule's pretty tight yeah we do have a bit of a schedule uh if you do redeem something it'll probably go into our end of next year because currently we are slated for the end of the year yeah, we've got ideas. Uh, surprising coming from us, but we do have ideas. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, what can I say? They took my brain out with the bone with the the head saw. Oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, head saw. <laughs> all right, um, that or toast will be playing my horse trainer or something. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, uh, I hope everybody has a great night. I hope you all have a very very spooky Halloween. Yep. um we'll see you in the next horror themed episode of the mixed media podcast yes Make we
0: will and one small moment just to mention join the discord that's that's the big one join the discord
1: <laughs> yeah join the discord come hang out with us talk to us about the podcast
0: exactly all right that's all that's uh, everything from us for right now you'll see us doing some more horror stuff Um uh, we do have another attack on titan episode planned in the near future um we're kind of trying to time it a little bit with the release of the, uh, the final episode uh, coming up. Uh, yes. Um, but that's all from us. Again, appreciate you guys being here. Audio-only listeners, appreciate you. YouTube listeners, appreciate you. Live viewers and VOD viewers, you are all hugely
2: appreciated. We love you, and you all have a fantastic night. Take care. Take care, everybody.